0: Hi, I'm Robert Jeffress, and I'm glad to serve as your Bible teacher every day on this great radio station on today's edition of Pathway to Victory. Well, today as we continue our series, Invincible, I thought it would be a good day to talk about a common experience we all have, losing a loved one, and discover the road that leads from grief to acceptance. How do we keep grief from overshadowing every other aspect of our lives.
1: Welcome to Pathway to Victory with author and pastor Dr. Robert Jeffress. No one is exempt from grief. Doesn't matter how much money you have or the kind of medical attention you receive, it's impossible to escape the inevitable seasons of sadness and sorrow. Today on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress shares what the Bible says about overcoming painful moments of loss and loneliness. Now here's our Bible teacher to introduce today's message. Dr. Jeffress? Thanks, David, and welcome again to Pathway to Victory. Well, it's May 25th,
0: and there's only a few more days to take advantage of the book I've written for you. It's called Invincible. As a radio pastor and Bible teacher, I have lots of Christians tell me about their private struggles. In particular, many people feel overwhelmed by the obstacles that stand in their way. Problems like doubt, guilt, and discouragement. My book, Invincible, explains how God has provided practical tools for conquering the mountains in your life when you learn to place your faith and trust in Christ. And just after my message today, we'll explain how you can receive a copy of my book, Invincible, In addition, I'd like to send you a special CD and DVD so that you can listen and watch a special message I presented called, When Persecution Comes. Just a short time ago, I was invited to give the keynote address at a gathering of prominent Christian communicators. I chose to speak that evening on this pressing topic because most of us are sensing the coming persecution of those who follow Jesus Christ. By watching my presentation, You'll learn the four things you must know about the coming persecution for you as a follower of Christ. I want to help you move from being a victim to victor in your spiritual journey. Again, the special audio and video recording is titled "When Persecution Comes." But right now, let's turn in our Bibles to Psalm 13 from the Invincible Teaching Series. I titled today's message "Moving from Grief." to acceptance. How do we process death? You know, many people talk about the stages of death. Some writers say there are uh, five uh, stages of grief or seven stages of grief. The important thing is not the number. It's the fact that it's a process. Grieving is like going through a dark tunnel. Uh, The bad news is it's dark. The good news is once you've started through it, you're already on the way out of it. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 11, because here we see a great case study in moving from grief to acceptance, and the story is a familiar one. John 11, beginning with verse 1, John writes, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Jesus loved, in a special way, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. He loved this family. He hung out with them in Bethany as often as he was able to. And that's why it was only natural when Lazarus, the brother, became sick, that the sisters would send word to him. Verse 3, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Your good friend Lazarus is sick. Lord, we knew you'd want to know about it since you like him so much, and we knew you'd want to come and heal him. Well, they thought Jesus would get there as quickly as possible. They sent word. A day passed. No response. Lazarus died. They buried him. The second day passed. The third day passed. The fourth day passed. And finally, Jesus came Too late to do any good, or at least that's what the sisters thought. And when Martha saw Jesus, she gave him a piece of her mind she couldn't afford to lose. Look at what happened. He was confronted by Martha who said in verse 21, Lord, if you had just been here, my brother would not have died. Don't sugarcoat this. She was angry at Jesus. Nothing wrong with telling God how you feel. But even in his anger, uh, in her anger, Her faith in Christ wasn't eclipsed at all. In verse 22, she said, but even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha responded, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. I know that resurrection is coming, but I need help from you now. And so they took Jesus and he stood before the sepulcher where Lazarus was buried And the shortest verse in the Bible, verse 35, Jesus wept. If grieving, weeping over the loss of a loved one is sinful, if it's an act of a lack of faith, then Jesus is sinful and he can't be our savior. But grieving isn't sinful. It doesn't show a lack of faith. Grieving is a natural response to loss. Even Jesus, who knew in a few moments he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, Jesus wept. Why? There is a sadness, a grief from any kind of separation from a loved one, no matter how temporary it is. That word death in Greek, thanatos, means literally to separate. Death is not only the separation of our body from our spirit, it's the separation of our loved ones from us. It doesn't matter how much faith you have, that kind of separation is painful. And if you are going through grieving right now, your heart is broken. Jesus understands that. He has experienced that same emotion you're experiencing right now. Verse 24, even though Martha believed in the final resurrection, she needed help right now. And you know the rest of the story. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Now notice I didn't say he resurrected Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus did not experience the resurrection. He experienced being raised from the dead. What's the difference? Well, the difference is, yeah, he got out of that sepulcher, but he had to go back again. He died again. There is a resurrection when we receive a brand new body that never gets sick again and never dies. This wasn't it. And that's why the reason I point this out is to remind you that if somebody is sick, we are to pray for them, the Bible says. But we have to understand that even if God miraculously heals them, it's only temporary. They are going to die. It's appointed unto every person once to die, or in Lazarus' case, twice to die, and then the judgment. The ultimate healing comes on the resurrection day. Now, I want to switch audiences for a moment. You know, I've been talking about those of you who are grieving, but I want to talk to those of you who want to help somebody who is grieving. You know, that is our calling, by the way. The apostle Peter says, we are a royal priesthood. The church is filled with all kinds of priests. You're a priest. I'm a priest. We're all priests. Our job, our ministry is to represent God to other people. God's plan for caring for the body of Christ was not just to have the paid professional staff members do it. We're to all care for other Christians who are hurting. In 2 Corinthians 1 verse 4, Paul writes, God comforts us in all of our affliction so that we can comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort by which we ourselves are comforted. God wants you to know how to minister to others who are grieving. How do you do that? Let me give you real quickly what I call the ABCs of comforting those who are grieving. The A stands for act genuine. Sometimes we're hesitant to reach out to people who are hurting because we say, I just don't know what to say. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about your words. Just be honest. If you were shocked to hear of the death, tell the person, I was so shocked to hear this. If you don't know what to say, confess that you really don't know what to say. If you want to hug them, uh, do that. If you want to say nothing, do that, but just act genuine. Secondly, the B stands for be quiet. You know, we Christians love to talk a lot. We think there's healing in talking. If we just talk and say the right words, we can instantly heal the grief that a person is experiencing. Sometimes we worry about what to say. Don't worry about what to say. Sometimes the best thing to say is nothing. In his book, The Last Thing We Talked About, Joe Bailey relates an experience after one of his children had died. He wrote, I was sitting torn by grief. Someone came and talked to me of God's dealings, of why it happened, of hope beyond the grave. He talked constantly. He said things I knew were true, but I was unmoved except to wish he would go away. He finally did. Another person came and sat beside me. He didn't talk. He didn't ask leading questions. He just sat beside me for an hour or more, listened when I said something, answered briefly, prayed simply, and left. I was moved. I was comforted. I hated to see him go. Be quiet when it's time to be quiet. See, comfort by being supportive Remember, it's you, not your words, that a grieving person needs. Haddon Robinson tells the story of a little girl whose best friend or playmate died. One day, the little girl told her parents that she had comforted the grieving mother. The father was surprised. He said, well, what did you say to her? Nothing, the little girl said. I just crawled up into her lap and cried with her. That's what we need sometimes. Somebody who will comfort us by being supportive. And then D stands for do something practical. If you want to minister to somebody uh, who's grieving, do something practical. Sometimes the best thing you can do for somebody who's grieving is the dishes. Don't ask them, by the way, is there something we can do to help you? A person who is grieving is in too much of a fog many times to be able to think clearly. Don't ask, just do it. there's a meal to be delivered, deliver it. If there's a lawn that needs cutting, cut the lawn. If kids need to be picked up, pick them up. For those of you who are grieving though today, or will be at some point in the future, I want to talk in these final moments about the road that leads from grief to acceptance. Now I'll be honest with you. To just spit out five principles for Moving from grief to acceptance sounds almost robotic. I told Ben before the first service, "Whatever I do, I don't want to sound like Doctor Phil either." You know, <laughs> engaging in psycho babble. But I do want to share some things with you from God's Word that I've discovered after 40 years of pastoring may bring some help to those of you who are grieving or will in the future. And I summarized it in this acrostic that spells out grief, G-R-I-E-F, grief. I want to be sure I spelled that correctly. <laughs> the G stands for give voice to your emotions. If you're grieving, don't be the stoic. Give voice to your emotions. You may feel like you're in a deep pit of despair, Some people respond to that pit in one of two ways. Some people respond with indifference. They just decide they don't want to feel anything. They'll go through the rest of their life semi-comatose. That's one extreme. Other people are feeling despair so acutely that they check out of life in a different way, the ultimate way, through suicide. That is never the answer. Remember, suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. There is no more unloving, hateful thing you could do for those you love than to take your own life. How do you avoid either extreme? Psalm 120 verse one declares, in my trouble I cried to the Lord and he answered me. Cry out to the Lord, give voice to your emotions. God said, I will answer you, not immediately sometimes. But ultimately, the R stands for remember simple truths and practices. When you're grieving, go back to the basics. Remember simple truths and practices. I remember reading a couple of years ago about an actress who was walking up the red carpet to the Oscar ceremony, and she fainted unexpectedly. The paramedics surrounded her. They asked her what happened. She said, I forgot to breathe. Sometimes when you're in a stressful situation, you forget the basics. What are the basics for Christians? Number one, pray. Pray when you're grieving. If you don't know what to pray, just read the Psalms and make them your prayer to God. Pray. The second P stands for praise. You know, in Psalm 1, the Psalmist said, Lord, how long will you hide your face from me? But in verse six, the Psalmist turned to praising God for the good things he had done for them. Think of some things you can praise God for, and then promises. Claim the promises of God when you're grieving. John eleven twenty five I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live again. Or 2 Corinthians 5, 8, we are of good courage, I say, and rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. Remember your simple truths and practices. The I in grief stands for involve others in your grief. Please listen to this. There's only one person who thinks you need to take time off when you're grieving from church, who thinks you need to isolate yourself. The only person who believes that is Satan. He wants to destroy you and he knows if he can isolate you from the care and concern of other Christians, he can attack you and he can destroy you. If ever there is a time we need other people, it's when we're grieving. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10 says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion, but woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. There's encouragement that comes, church, when we're together, worshiping together. But not only that, the body of Christ, First Baptist Church Dallas, has some ways to help you as you go through the grieving process. You know, we have a wonderful counseling center here, uh, Pathways Counseling Center, led by Pam Green, a licensed uh, professional counselor. Uh, They're available for appointments, but they also offer group help as well. Griefshare is a wonderful program for those who are grieving. We have support groups for those who have lost a loved one through suicide. That's a special pain that needs to be treated sensitively. And you can go to our website, firstdallas.org slash ministries and read about all of the different uh, support groups that we offer for those who are grieving. You don't have to walk through this alone. Maybe you are suffering through the pain of infertility or miscarriage. My daughter, Julia, has prepared a brand new four-part video series for our church and for Pathway to Victory on the whole issue of infertility and how to navigate through that. She too is a licensed professional counselor. And you can watch these at your leisure, free of charge by going to ptv.org. That's for Pathway to Victory slash unapologetic. And you'll find that that's a helpful tool for you as well. Involve other people in your grief. Don't try to go through that dark tunnel by yourself. The E in grief stands for eat eat dress and sleep. I say that because we are physical beings. We have to care for ourselves physically during the grieving process. You know, don't sit around in your bathrobe and your pajamas for weeks and months at a time. You need a routine. You need to sleep. And yes, you need to eat as well. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, where in the Bible does it say, I need to eat? I'm so glad you asked. It's in Acts chapter 27. Remember, Paul was on that ship going from Jerusalem to Rome. He was a prisoner and that ship was battered by a storm for two weeks and the people were so terrified they forgot to eat. And notice the word of encouragement in Acts 27, verse 33. Paul said to the group, today is the 14th day that you have been constantly watching and going without eating, having taken nothing. Therefore, I encourage you to take some food. He then took bread, gave thanks, broke it and ate as did everyone on board. And they were what? Encouraged. If you're grieving, take some food, take some nourishment. Some of you are going to take this verse that I didn't know I was grieving, but I am, I'm going to eat today and uh, enjoy a big meal. That's Okay. That's biblical. God created us as physical as well as spiritual beings. F in grief. And this is so important. Forgive others. You know, hurting people hurt people. The natural reaction if you're grieving is try to make somebody else as miserable as you are, to lash out against them. That's why many times those who are going through the grief process, want to blame a doctor or a drunk driver or a negligent family member or a church that's unresponsive, and they stall the grieving process and the healing process. Now, listen to this. Hebrews twelve fifteen says, see to it that no one of you comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many be defiled. Listen to me. When you go through a heartache in your life, when you lose a loved one, when somebody hurts you, when you go through heartache, God gives you an extra measure of his grace to get you through that hurt, that disappointment. You get an extra measure of God's grace. But when you choose to be bitter and angry towards somebody, that bitterness neutralizes the healing power of God's grace. It's making a choice that completely stalls the healing process. That's why the writer says, don't come short of the grace of God and allow bitterness to take root in your heart. Choosing to forgive somebody who may have a responsibility. They may have acted wrongly in the loss of your loved one. But having that root of bitterness will hurt you much more than it does the one who wronged you. Make the choice to forgive. When it comes to conquering the mountain of grief and moving from grief to acceptance, I think we all should remember what a friend of mine wrote some years ago. He said, God's answer to grief is not a philosophy, but a person, not something, but someone, not a word, but the word. Not a myth, but the Messiah. Not commentary, but the cross. Not human reason, but divine resurrection. God's answer to grief is Jesus. I've devoted an entire chapter to this important topic in my best-selling book, Invincible. And I'm going to suggest that you get in touch with Pathway to Victory right away because time is running short to request your copy of Invincible. In my book, I provide in-depth direction on overcoming the barrier of grief and nine other mountains you may be facing as well. And a hardbound copy of Invincible is my way of saying thanks when you give a generous gift to support the growing ministry of Pathway to Victory. But remember, Friday is the deadline for making your request. No matter what amount you choose to give, I can assure you that your generosity is helping people all across the world. Many, in fact, are learning to conquer mountains, even the mountain of grief. For example, I received recently a comment from a listener who wrote, Pastor Jeffress, my mother died recently, and that experience has affected me greatly. Your truthful teaching helped my mom and me face her death this past year with peace regarding her salvation and her graduation to be with the Lord. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to tell us your story. This is truly what Pathway to Victory is all about. And friends, let me assure you, when you give to Pathway to Victory, this woman's thank you note really belongs to you. God is using your generosity to reach men and women for Him. Thank
1: you for helping us pierce the darkness with the light of God's Word. David. Thanks, Dr. Jeffress. Today, when you give a generous gift to Pathway to Victory, you'll receive a copy of the best-selling book by Dr. Robert Jeffress called Invincible, Conquering the Mountains That Separate You from the Blessed Life. When you give today, we'll also send you a very special message on CD and DVD that Dr. Jeffress recently delivered to our nation's leading Christian broadcasters. Now, this presentation addresses the pressing topic of When Persecution Comes. Call us toll-free, 866-999-2965, or visit our website at ptv.org. And when your investment is $75 or more, we'll also send you the complete, unedited collection of audio and video discs for the Invincible Teaching Series, along with the corresponding personal and group study guide. To request both resources, call 866-999-2965 or go online to ptv.org. You could also write to us. Here's that mailing address. P.O. Box 223-609 Dallas, Texas 75222 Again, that's P.O. Box 223-609 Dallas, Texas 75222 I'm David J. Mullins inviting you to join us again next week when Dr. Jeffress wraps up the Invincible series with a message about moving from lust to purity That's Thursday, here on Pathway to Victory